Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Grab the ACNZ app. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morning everyone, good morning to you on this uh, Wednesday after Anzac Day and courtesy of Brent, your local John Deere equipment supplier. The men in green and a little bit of yellow chucked in as well. Uh, those magnificent vehicles, uh, if you're in the market for one of those, then of course go to one of the many Brandt outlets, uh, particularly in the North Island. Uh, we have uh, a busy show, courtesy of Brandt as well. We're going to talk to Bluey McLennan very shortly. Bluey, of course, former Warriors coach. So what is he making of this current squad? What did he make of that effort uh, last night? Brave in defeat? Or did they uh, give the game away? I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Bluey's thoughts are on that. Uh, mine... My take, yeah, pretty brave, I reckon, pretty brave. Uh, we're going to open up the lines just after 9.30 and uh, give you the opportunity to talk about that particular match, you Warriors fans. What did you think of about it? Um, also, uh, Mark Chapman's uh, made a bit of a mark, hasn't he? Uh, made him sway into the One Day International side. Not very often you see that when a player makes uh, that kind of impact. And barring injury uh, to a squad where you actually add someone without replacing someone. So uh, certainly Mark Chapman has... Uh, has made a statement, and uh, they have uh, listened, and uh, his form has been outstanding. Andrew Gordy and Ben Strang uh, will be with us uh, on the panel. Uh, we shall uh, also talk to Simon Hampton this morning after 11 o'clock. Now, uh, Simon, of course, is the third and five podcast host. Uh, there's a lot going on in American sport. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has uh, gone from the Packers to the Jets. The NBA playoffs are on. The Stanley Cup playoffs are on. So uh, we'll catch up uh, with Simon Hampton. And uh, we'll have a stump smithy as well. And we'll catch up with Andy Thompson prior to midday because, of course, being Wednesday, it's Rural Roundup Day. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. Well, I suppose we could all wax on lyrically about how much guts and determination the Warriors showed last night in Melbourne, akin to what the night itself signified. And good grief, their injury toll could be likened to the aftermath of some significant battle. Indeed, there is a price to pay in this defeat, and a heavy one at that. Up to four players ruled out for next weekend against the Roosters. Yes, they lost the battle, but are they winning the war? Compared to the corresponding fixture last year, a 60-point embarrassment which lingered till season's end, I think it's reasonable assessment to say that they are. It's uh, often the pretty boy playmakers, your Munsters, your Heinzes, Johnson types, who are hailed as game-changers or momentum swingers. Not for me last night, that mantle belonged to Nelson, a sofa, Solomona, the gargantuan storm number eight. The sight of three or four warriors being dragged meters at times in an effort to bring down the storm Sasquatch was telling. His entry into the game was significant. Imagine that big tank of a man firing up Mount Smart at some point in the future. Congrats though to the old bellyache in the storm. They went the distance, survived the skirmishes just that little bit better. The culmination too of a long weekend of respect and remembrance was reflective. 
There's a real feeling of youth and family at our local remembrance in seriously increased numbers, which is a great sign of continuing traditions. 101-year-old Jeff Bibby, the star of our show, more a hero than any try scorer or match winner, nearly 80 years of remembrance for him of scenes we are protected from. Makes you think, doesn't it? Or at least makes you think, shouldn't it? But it's space for the middle if they can find it. Walker finds Ford! Ford goes over! Ford goes over after just four and a half minutes! Five metres out from the storm line, third tackle. They come back to the right. Here's Johnson. Johnson then finds Pickle Kluster! And it goes through to Latini Zelizniak on the right hand edge! And the man with the Lionel Richie hairdo scores another <laughs> four pointer. Coming back to Fanua Blake. He's not going to take a carry! He goes himself! Adam Fanua Blake! Straight through the storm defence. Lussick's going to go right again. He finds Johnson. Johnson has men shaping out towards the right. Here's Nicole Kluster. Finds Pompey. Finds Dallamatini-Zelizniak. And he scores his second in the right-hand corner. Well, the sold-out signs were up at uh, Amy Park last night for the annual Anzac Day clash between the one New Zealand Warriors and the Melbourne Storm coming into it. Craig Bellamy's side had been the victors in their past 13 matchups, And we're going to find out what Andrew Webster's uh, Warriors side were, was all about. Uh, what we got was a dogged, determined effort where they led for the majority, but a climbing injury toll saw the Warriors with no players available on the bench for the final minutes. The storm just getting up 30 to 22. Joining now, uh, joining us now is uh, former Warriors coach uh, Bluey McLennan. Bluey, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty damn good, actually, and quite encouraged by what I saw last night. Uh, before we get into how it all unfolded, uh, would you take this as, uh, well, not so much a moral victory, but a big step up on what you've been seeing in previous seasons? Oh, that was a massive effort. Um, you know, it's a huge occasion. It's, it's, it's done extremely well by the Melbourne club. It's an absolute, it's an event. Um, and playing Melbourne at any time is always tough. I thought the Warriors uh, were really clinical, uh, they, you know, their, their set plays were, were fantastic. Um, way Dylan Walker put Jackson Ford on Jerome Hughes on the first, and then they, for the first try, stripped them for numbers down, down uh, Melbourne's left edge on the second try. Just everything pinpoint perfect. Uh, this Warriors team are a very well-coached side. Uh, they're a, you know, the fact you mentioned it, Smithy, being down to no subs, uh, yet no team survives that. Uh, that was such a courageous effort by everyone uh, in the Warriors and everyone in the Warriors jersey. Uh, yeah, fantastic effort. They should be really, really proud. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, it, that's a, a slightly different game in terms of build-up. I mean, it's probably... The thick end of quarter of an hour from the time they leave the dressing room before uh, a ball is actually kicked because of uh, all the ceremonies involved. And traditionally, mm. slow starts have been a problem for the Warriors, but not last night. It was interesting. Yeah, they're in a really good headspace, and their their confidence is, is you know is, is as high as it's ever been in the history of of the Warriors. You know they they. They all, all the players know their roles. Coaching staff doing a great job uh, implementing game plans. 
they uh you know it's and it's that build up is is the sort of build ups uh you know like you're playing semi final or finals football even test match football it's a you know it's it's a wonderful wonderful event and uh you know paying tribute to our anzacs you know i think you know they they obviously they do that game when the sun goes down uh it's it's um you know, it, it's it's the the circle of the day on the calendar moment um, in, in rugby league. It's 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 a fantastic event. Right. Let's look at uh, before we look at the playmaking side of things. Uh, what about the pack? And what about the the defensive effort last night? Um, you know, he, right to the very end, trying to protect that goal line the, and the the strength the strength in the pack this year. Yeah, it's you know it's real tough in the middle. You know you. And 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 Melbourne Storm always test you there, and they come back, um, you know. And like when they fatigue because they didn't have fresh subs, it, you know, you could see I could see the Warriors hanging in there, like busting, uh, trying to protect their middle. And you know, Cameron Smith, uh, Cameron Munster, I should say, um, you know, he really come to the fore. Uh, you know, I thought he was the he was the key difference. Uh, once the Warriors started to fatigue because they just have, didn't have uh, fresh troops, and you know he targeted that area. And uh, it's um, look, it you just can't say anything bad about the Warriors. We know Melbourne Storm; they've they've been the top, you know, they've been in the top four for nearly twenty years, possibly more. Um, you know, they're always up there, and they 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 are so clinical, uh, and they had a big. They had a big break, Smithy. They had twelve day break, you know. So, um, and that's that's huge in the NRL when you get that break. The poor Warriors, geez, the, you know, they they don't come off, uh, you know, they only come off what a six day break or something. Um, now, now they've got a five day break, um, but they get two at home against the Roosters and and the Panthers. You know, yes, they're. You know they they lose their captain. Any team loses their captain, it's a struggle. Uh, mm. So you know I really feel for the Warriors here because you know you can see they're in for a tough time next. You know in the next game and the game after as well. Uh, so um, hoping you know hoping they can turn things around. And but they couldn't have done any more last night. What about the impact off the bench? Uh, Bellamy held him back, but Nelson, Asofa, Solomona, what a giant of a man. I mean, just when just when you you know, you know think you've got some sort of ascendancy, you've got two or three or four guys hanging off him at time. What a giant of a man. Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, tactical genius by the master, you know, Craig Bellamy. Um, and not only are they bringing him on, and he's, you know, he's a monster, uh, you know, extremely athletic man. You know they they throw them at the edge, so you know they were um, you know they're putting them out on an edge, so he's 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 going at the halves. Um, so you know wonder, wonderful wonderful uh, tactics by Melbourne that really that really helped ignite uh, the Melbourne Storm get on the front foot. And as uh, soon as the Melbourne Storm are on the front foot, and you got Harry Grant out of hooker, and you got Munster mm-hmm. who. You know, can really jump on things. That that was the the, the tactical uh, element of of Storm's 
getting that momentum and the Storm can go from uh, their doing their structured set piece plays. Once they start getting momentum on you, they can flood they can flood you around the ruck with with their push really really well. They they probably been one of the best teams at doing that for for a, you know for a decade. Very uh, sad to see the number of injuries, including uh, the head knock to uh, Chance Nickel Clockstad. What a performance uh, his last night while he was on the park. Great match up with Nick Meany, two young fullbacks. Uh, good signs for the game. Yeah, yeah they are. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the fullbacks uh, for the NRL on all teams, they just keep getting better and better. Uh, they, you know, and they do. You know, they run roughly around, you know, 10 kilometres in a game. And, then, you know, that's, it's, um, you know, it's wonderful watching both, both full-backs. But, you know, I think one of the moments that was tough was when Dylan Walker got Sinbin. Um, you know, I'm all, you know, I'm really, really uh, um, supportive of really looking after players' heads and heads, head knocks and that. But, um you know, I thought, I, you know, I thought that was a reason, you know, a fairly tough call on Dylan Walker. And when you're playing Melbourne Storm, it's, it's, you know, you need 13 on the park. Um, you know, when you drop the 12, that's that's a lot of stress. And then with the injuries, as the game went on, um, you know, that 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 was too much to hang on. Playmakers, yeah, you mentioned Cameron Munster before. Um, uh, Sean Johnson, yep. uh, the the odd era last night, uh, the the restart from uh, the goal line, which uh, they got pinged for and conceded a try for. Apart from that, though, you'd be pretty impressed with uh, what he's dishing up week after week, Bluey. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just so wonderful, you know. These, um, you know, he's a, you know, he's a wonderful player, um, uh, Sean. He's um, He's a freak, you know. The his his speed, you know. He has good size for a uh, for a half. Um, you know, he's very experienced. You know, he's, he's been through some tough times, you know, with COVID and, and you know, like uh, and, and things like that. But gee, when he's on his game, his his deception, his skill, the way he can slow up, uh, speed up. Uh, has always been good, but his consistency now has been great. But I think the biggest turnaround in Sean has been uh, his defensive efforts. And again, last night I thought I thought he made some really, really good tackles. Um, he he looks strong. He looks very you know his strength seems to be up as well, uh, and his technique has been bang on. Uh, you know it's it's wonderful. He's been the key. He's been the catalyst, I think, of, uh, you know, every, every one of the Warriors has improved, but, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's the key guy, and, uh, you know, and he's relishing it. It's, it's, you know, and I think most New Zealanders, they, you know, they love Sean Johnson playing well, and I think we're really all really pleased for him. One of the interesting uh, moves during the week, of course, was the re-signing uh, of Roger Tuovasa-Shek. God, they'd wish they'd have him uh, available this weekend. But on what you're seeing, where would you, Bluey, as coach, uh, if he was to come back into the side tomorrow, and he'll, he'll re-adapt very quickly, we know that, where would you put him? Yeah. Off oh, fullback, Smithy. Uh, 
you know, you, you, your number one is the custodian, the, 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 you know, when you have a great, great fullback, you know, Klockstad's, uh, you know, doing exceptionally well. He's a very, very fine young player, um, you know, with experience. And I thought Klockstad was one of the key components for Canberra's run in the 2019 final against the Roosters. You know, I thought he was very good there. But, yeah, Ro- Roger Tuovasashek is a, a step above. Um, you know, he's an elite, he's an elite, um, you know, rugby league player. And the fact that, you know, he's challenged himself to go um, and and play rugby union and become an All Black. You know, that that shows you how elite he is. You know, very very few people can uh, transition between two codes. You know, and uh, and he has, and uh, it's it's a, you know, he he's a special athlete, and he he'll go straight back in at number one, I'd imagine. Okay, uh, interesting. Right, uh, if there is any good news out of uh, last night, is that this weekend's opponents had to play last night as well, and that of course is the the Roosters. They're here uh, as early as Sunday. Um, well, uh, it's going to be at least four changes, depending on the disciplinary side of things. Uh, with Dylan Walker, uh, Bluey, what chance against the Roosters yep. then? Oh, look, the way, you know, the character of the Warriors right now, they'll hold their gloves up against anyone. Um, it's just, you know, you you lose, any team loses their captain. Um, it's tough. So... Hoping, you know, Toru Harris isn't out for too long. I mean, if you take out the Roosters captain, which is James Tedesco, that's, that affects the Roosters a lot, doesn't it? Um, and it's the same for the Warriors. Um, Toru's uh, work around the middle and offensively and defensively is, is, is massive. So it makes it tough, but the Warriors are, are in a place right now where, you know, they're ready to fight. Um, and I think, you know, having been away from home for so long, they just relish that opportunity to play in front of the home crowd at Auckland. It'll actually, what are we in, round eight or round nine or something? Mm. This will actually be their only third time they've played at Mount Smart. You know, that's pretty significant. And uh, I think, you know, I, I, you know, the, the locals in Auckland got, got to get along there and we get, People travelling, you know, they jump on planes and come from other parts of the country and just support their warriors. Pack it out. Uh, these these guys deserve your support. Uh, yeah, and, and, and everyone knows that watched that event last night that every, every single warrior did everything they could uh, to, to be the best they could. And I think Kiwis love that. I think... You know, the Warriors are really resonating with Kiwis at the moment because they're really all having a good dig. Uh, Bluey, as you mentioned, uh, what we're into round um, nine coming up, I, I think five and three, the Warriors. So have you yep. seen an NRL competition with such evenness about all the games? I mean, there's hardly been a, um, a dud game. Yeah, it's been it's been an excellent season so far. Um, you know, I think... There's, I think the teams have adapted um, uh, to the uh, the rule where they, you know, where they brought in you, you six again. 
Um, you know, so you can, if you give away a ruck uh, infringement in, in, on play three, it's six again. So instead of um, doing six tackles in a row, uh, you're up to nine. You know, it's tough. And I think for a while, a lot of teams struggled with that and uh, points would come. But now, they're, you know, they've trained, they've learned how to absorb it, learn how to almost catch and control and try and get some rhythm back defensively uh, and not losing it. Uh, so that's one reason why. And, uh, yeah, and the, the, the teams, it's a, it's, a, it's a really tough competition. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it, so far this year, it's been, you know, the quality of, of all the teams is, has been really good. Even the West Tigers are, are clawing their way back. Um, and that doesn't surprise me with Benji there. Um, you know, he's he's one of our great uh, Kiwi men, and um, and he's getting you know, he's he's getting into coaching, and he'll become a very good coach. Uh, so, yeah, it is. It's it's been a really good competition, Smithy. Louis, always great to catch up with you and get your summation. Um, I think you speak on behalf of everyone. Pretty proud of what uh, they're dishing up at the moment. Long may it continue, mate. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. You too, Smithy. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Bluey McLennan there with his uh, his con- uh, concerted look too at uh, how he believes this uh, particular Warriors uh, year of this Warriors, the year of 23, is shaping up. And um, it's going to be very, very tough. Very tough uh, to get over uh, the injury situation. 9.24 here on SCNZ. And are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, it is uh, 9.29. Uh, in the next half hour, we're going to uh, open up the lines for you here on 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Open slather, anything you'd uh, like to talk about. Uh, reflections of Anzac Day would be cool if you went to a service. Don't mind talking about that. But also, of uh, course, the Warriors. Um, any Warriors fan that wants to uh, dial in and uh, give us an impression of uh, what he saw last night, what she saw last night, um, what um, is the overriding effect now of these injuries from your point of view? What chance against the Roosters back home at Mount Smart Stadium this weekend? Um, so anything about the Warriors? Also, um, it, it sort of overshadowed a wee bit, wasn't it? Um, interesting that rugby didn't do anything on Anzac Day uh, because it became a league fond, didn't it? A league festival. Um, and once again, um, rugby was sort of uh, put on the back burner. Um, I would have thought, you know, instead of perhaps having buys, uh, they could have reflected um, on Anzac Day perhaps a, a, a clash or two. Well, just as uh, the Warriors and the Storm, it wouldn't have been lost on, on the game, I'm sure. So uh, we'd love to hear from you in that regard. And the Black Caps, how about that, Mark Chapman? As I said, not very often that uh, you uh, play your way into a side um, amidst the tour um, and not replace someone who's injured. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Mikey and Zane are uh, already coming through. We'll take a short news break, uh, and when we come back, uh, we'll have a chat to those two fine gentlemen and anyone else who likes to call us on 0800 150 811. 14.76am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Grab the SENZ app. Talk back time with Smithy. Call now, 
Right, uh, let's get uh, into these calls. Uh, Zane from Paraparauma. Good morning to you, Zane. What did you make of uh, last night? Oh, mate, it's, it's a very torn emotion between pride and frustration, I guess. Um, you know, when you go to Melbourne, you've you've got to get everything going your way to beat them, and I thought we did have for a while there, but, uh, yeah, a couple of silly penalties that kind of gave the ref a bit of a, um, a roll-on, blowing his whistle for their side, and uh, we kind of struggled to get back ahead after that. Yeah, I, I thought a crucial moment in the game uh, was... And they did remark in commentary, they don't pick it up very often, overstepping in terms of your line-out dropout, uh, line dropout from Sean Johnson. They scored from that. Yeah, mate, like I, I went back and watched it this morning. Um, I've got a YouTube channel there that I end up putting um, my, my feedback on there, so I have to go back and watch it a second time. And when you take the emotion out of it, there were some pretty blatant calls like that. There happens every single game, never gets pulled up. The very next set after they scored that, I counted three sets in a row with a defender standing right next to the, the ref was two metres in front of them by the time our pla uh, um, attacker's foot got on the ball to play the ball. It was really frustrating, and I didn't want to blame the ref because I didn't feel like he had that much of an influence watching it live, but going back and watching it a second time was just crazy. That and um, Nelson Asafamola, mate, he put three shoulder charges and two head highs on and didn't get picked up for one. How do you beat that? Uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to beat that. You're right. Um, uh, uh, he's and his imp his impact aside from that though, uh, they I think they found that hard hard to counter a wee bit that size and that power uh, uh, aside from his tactics. So that was a bit oh, of an issue. Um, from you he's a big unit, every man. Time, right? <laughs> it feels oh. almost like unfair to have a guy that big on the field. He's like two men. Um, you know, he, he's a great player. He's a complete grub, but, man, he's a great player, and he does, like, he draws so many people in that if he didn't play yesterday, I think we won. Um, he made yeah. the difference here. Oh, anyway, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, what about this week? Uh, all these changes and possibly um, uh, a problem at uh, the judiciary as well? Yeah, I mean, again, that's nothing for me. If you watched it, it wasn't even a penalty, I mean, a uh, uh, a 10 minute in the bin at the time but you know being a warrior he'll get three weeks for that so we're going to be down a lot of players particularly in our ball playing positions like without Tohu, without um, Walker, without Jazz there we're going to really struggle for creativity so it's a big chance for some of these guys I don't know if you saw the score on the weekend the New South Wales Cup we put about 48 mm. points on um, the Eels so some of those young guys are going to get a run and he's hoping you know they they step up and we can do a number on the the roosters because they didn't play that well. I don't think they you know they're that outstanding, and particularly coming over our our home ground after a um, a short turnaround. There's a chance. Oh, I think there's a chance as well. Uh, they kept um, you know they were, that was an interesting game last night. Um, I, I thought that they were going to put um, their opposition away just like that, and they just kept letting back of the game. So. Um, you know, yep. I think if you hang in there, Zane, I think you're absolutely right. Cheers, man. Thanks for your call. Enjoy golf this week. And uh, let's get to uh, Mikey from Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Smithy. Hey, uh, just on the cricket there, um, mm -hmm. I'm glad that as I get older, I still have the capacity to be surprised. They actually made a logical decision because Mark Chapman was actually going to be flying home and kept them. Fantastic. It doesn't normally happen. Usually if someone's got the plane ticket home, it's like, see you later, mate. But uh, his performance, I think, in the last few games has been outstanding, and I, I, I can't wait to see what he does in the, the one-day aspect. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where they bat him in the one-day um, line-up, uh, where exactly they, they put him in the, in the side. But 
Um, you know, we've uh, lost Kane Williamson. There's no doubt about that. We're looking at uh, bolstering that top order to middle order. Three and four. I like Mitchell floating around about number five. I like Phillips in the group as well. But where would you where would you bat Chapman? Now, um, this is no mug Pakistan attack. Now, I, I pretty much wrote them off this series off, and uh, John has texted me in and mm. say, oh, hey, the Black Caps have bought a bakery, and they're baking a, a humble pie for me to eat. So um, I've had to swallow a little bit, a bit of that, John. Thank you very much for that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's right. I, I didn't rate them. That That is a huge – that's a very strong Pakistan side. Very strong. That's their World Cup T20 side that we've knocked over there. Absolutely. And, and, this, and, and look, it is our B team, but like, good on them for their fighting spirit. They've found their way. Um, just on the Warriors as well um, – I've got no time for this whole the wars business. That's a, that's, a, that's a noise a baby makes. But the Warriors are living up to the actual namesake. They are playing like Warriors, and it's just outstanding to see. Yeah, look, I, I was hugely impressed last night. I, I was, I, and I was very, I was, I was quite sad for them actually because that effort deserved a wee bit more. Uh, but when you lose that many players limping down the tunnel one after the other, and then you get. Um, Shots of them later in the match, and they're just sitting there like a waiting for outside a, an X-ray unit. Uh, it's just like, wow, how are they ever going to recover from that? So depth will be a big key this weekend. Depth and Absolutely. passion, I Absolutely. think, will we'll have to get them through. Mikey, uh, fans, Thanks, mate. fantastic, Thank mate. Keep, keep watching those Black Caps. Uh, I'd like to see how they go in the in the 50-over game. Not going to write them off this time, um, but I'll happily eat this humble pie. No problem about that. Uh, Dean. G'day, Dean, with uh, a little bit about the, the Warriors. Uh, here's an observation. Would it be nice to see a game of Anzac Rugby yesterday, Dean? I think there's a game coming up this weekend, Smitty, to be fair, that's a little bit better than all the other games, but it's one hell of a weekend if you're in a sweep at any sort of pub because you can easily get them all wrong this week. Absolutely yeah, easy yeah. to get them all. Absolutely. So, yeah, they should have. They, cheap. they, they knew. This ended our future through, Smitty. Like, I don't want to talk about they need to dung that right out as well. You know it, I know it. Everyone knows it, but um, it won't happen. Uh, on the Warriors, yeah, I loved it. It's the first game of league I've watched of them. I watch State of Origin all the time because it's just it's brutal. But they, you can't say deserve. That's not really the term of sport. But at least they tried. And what I was gonna say, like the Australian referees. Man, it does my head in. Like some of those calls. We wanted it in rugby union too. You just ask for consistency, you know. There was none of that last night. There never has been for the poor buggers in the competition, but 27 years is a long time. But they'll get there one day, I presume. But the, the dropout, as you alluded to earlier, with Sean Johnson, bang on the money, mate. Like they scored from that. And this is something that really pisses me off, and I think we're going to see it, because no one wants the All Blacks to win either outside of New Zealand. The, the hookers, when they throw it to the line out, doing exactly the same thing. Now, you know, if we're playing England or someone that's going to play someone that you know, what, they want rid of them, a touch judge is going to say, Takiaho, a foot in the field of play. The Taylor's a foot in the field of play. They're all doing it, and they're all, it's, you're not allowed. You're just not allowed, but they all get away with it. Yep, uh, I, I, as a commentator, I listen to commentators. I, you know, I, I, I like their opinion. I love the league commentators, actually. I really do. Uh, and they, uh, they all, they were unanimous in that. Uh, this happens pretty much every time a point of contact is made with a goal line dropout. 
because you're trying to crib as much ground as you like. If you study them from here on in, uh, it's, you see, it's not even something you study because you just take it for granted. It's a restart and play. Um, and uh, you're going to tell me you're going to change the face of a game for um, what, two feet? I mean, you know, Dino, that's what frustrates me about it. If we took a videotape of all those kick games, uh, those kicks in that particular match last night, those restarts, what do you reckon we'd see? Oh, yeah, totally. But they're only paying Sean Johnson. Like, it's, that's what I'm mm. getting at with the hookers in rugby union. Like, I don't care that they do it either. I just want the ball in the back. I want the forward to do the ugly stuff, and I want the ball in the back so us people sitting at home on the couch, because the pies are horrible, food shit, and it's too expensive, so we don't go. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, it's wrong. You know, like, I'm in Omaru, and I'm driving around Anzac Day, went to the dawn parade, and, um, a little bit of work up here so I could give some publicans some money for some beer to watch the Warriors. All the pubs were closed at Up Our State. The Workingman's Club was open and they asked me if I was a member. Of course I am. I can't even spell on my roof, Smithy, but it was the only place that was open that had a telly. I didn't want to sit outside Smith City on the footpath all by myself. Look like Nigel, no friend. But <laughs> just, I don't know what's going on in New Zealand, mate. I just don't get it. Uh, no, I don't either. We've got bigger issues than the pubs not being open every now and then, though, I can promise you that. I tell you. Now I understand oh. why they, they, they were fighting. We're just about there now yep. in New Zealand, but this is a sports show, not a political show, so we won't go there. But I've had a guts for too. Enough's enough. Vote for Dean. Yep. Okay, vote for Dean. I'll do that. Vote for Dean. 9.42, I'll vote for you any day of the week, mate. Thank you very much for your call. Always love the passion and what you say. Uh, terrific. Thanks, everyone, for uh, your calls this morning. And the stum- I, I, You know, I know this is a sports show. We, we're principally here to talk about sport. But I read a story yesterday... Um, about a, um, I won't even call him a human being, um, who um, found guilty of manslaughter of his baby, and now we're hearing stories uh, about what he's done to his partner as well. I, I just, I, I absolutely, I, I'm not going to name his name. You, you, you know who I'm talking about. It is just the most horrific thing you could possibly read about what goes on in this country. Are you kidding me? Those blokes died over over overseas fighting for us. For that, for the society that we've got now, can't even respect people's damn property either to drive a car in and steal it. What are you on about? Right, that's that for the day. Um, let's move on with some sport coming up very shortly. 9.43 here on SCNZ. Are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold it, know when to fold it. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away, and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Well, it looks like uh, Leonard and uh, George, uh, Leonard and uh, Paul George are out for the Clippers today, injured. So uh, that makes uh, it very appealing to take the point start for the Phoenix Suns. So they will, minus 12.5. They are at the moment for $1.92. So Phoenix Suns, minus 12.5 points uh, against the Clippers. Um, the Texas Rangers to beat the Cincinnati Reds. Texas going quite well, actually, uh, at the start of the season, $1.68. And tomorrow morning, Chelsea uh, to beat Brentford. I picked Chelsea to beat Brentford at $1.72. That's EPO action. 
That will multi up at uh, $5.54. Phoenix minus 12.5. Texas Rangers into Chelsea, $5.54. Incidentally, there were some uh, very important uh, EPL games this morning, more so um, influencing the bottom of the table than the top. Wolves 2, Crystal Palace 0. The result of that means uh, Crystal Palace uh, and Wolves are now on 37 points, they're 12th and 13th, and they're really, I think, fair to say, out now of the relegation zone. Aston Villa 1, Fulham 0. Uh, for uh, Aston Villa, that was um, uh, not a problem for them. They're in fifth, so that was predictable. Fulham uh, sitting uh, in ninth are okay as well. Uh, but the very interesting one leads up until about uh, uh, 15 minutes to go. Uh, we're leading Leicester one uh, 0 Leicester equalised through Jamie Vardy. Leeds missed an absolute guilt-edged opportunity in extra time that would have seen him win the game 2-1, two, uh, two but it's 1-0, which and the net result of that means uh, Leicester City are 17th on 29 points, Leeds are 16th on 30 points. Leeds could have gone out to about 32 points and given themselves some breathing room. They haven't got it now. Still, though, 18-19-20th, uh, uh, steering relegation down the barrel, uh, Everton, Nottingham Forest and Southampton. So significant games there at the bottom of the table. It's 9.50 here on SCNZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Oh, island in the sun to me by my father's hand all my days I will sing in praise of your forest waters your shining sand as morning breaks the heaven on high I lift my heavy load to the sky Sun comes down with a burning glow Mingles my sweat with the earth below Oh, island in the sun Oh man, imagine on a hammock On a hammock somewhere in the Caribbean Right now, Pina Colada, listen to that music That is the late now, great Harry Belafonte uh, Passed away uh, overnight uh, at the age of 96, 96, Harry Belafonte, who popularised Calypso music uh, with audiences way back in the 50s. This breakthrough album Calypso, uh, 1956, was the first million-selling LP by a single artist. That is Harry Belafonte. What a beautiful, beautiful sound that is. Goodness me. Uh, Texting, uh, actually, an interesting one, which uh, you might want to come in here. Um, Logan Swinkles, birthday boy, you might want to come in on this one. Um, uh, uh, Smithy, so many Warriors injuries. It is time, is it time for the prodigal son to return home early? Come on down, RTS, your thoughts, please. Well, this is an interesting one, because remember when he went to the Blues and he went to Auckland Rugby? Uh, they released him early, the Warriors. Cameron mm. George and said that they found a window, a COVID window, and they said, look, here's the go. Um, you really want to go? Here's the opportunity, go. How about rugby say, well, he's leaving us to go back. You want him back a bit earlier? You want him back a bit earlier? <laughs> there's, still ca- there's still room in the squad. 
Happy yeah. birthday, by the way, too. What number is this for you? Oh, thanks, Smithy. It's somewhere in the 30s, I'll tell you that. Uh, closer to 40. Uh. <laughs> uh, does it, it does, doesn't it just remind you as well of the whole uh, Joseph Suwali situation as well, where they're saying, look, if you're going to go to rugby union, go now. If you don't want to play, go now. Uh, I mean, I obviously RTS is making a huge fist of it with rugby union. He does probably still has desires to play for the All Blacks uh, in the World Cup. Hopefully Fozzie does have him in his considerations. But God, it was definitely the first thing that came to mind. When you see the likes of Charles Nickel Clockstar uh, go down, you just think, man, would it not be great if we could just have Roger back now? Having him back in oh. that environment, the way things are going under Andrew Webster, he'd be such a huge boost. And you just you see the, the thing that worries me with the injuries is, uh, yes, it's players in key positions, but it's also players with a huge amount of experience. I think Chance Nickel Klockstad has been one of the finds of the, of the team so far, early days. But what he did last night uh, before he got hit, everything he does has got merit to it. He is just a gifted footballer, not huge, but man, is he gifted. Uh, and does he read a game beautifully? Is he mm. safe under the high ball? Yes. Does he break tackles? Yes. Does he make tackles? Yes. I think he's fantastic at fullback. Interesting to hear Bluey McLennan say this morning he would put RTS straight back into fullback. Uh, which means I guess you've got to put uh, Charles Nickel clocks that on the centres. You, you mean you can't do without the kid? I mean he's the kind of thing that is the future of the club. But wouldn't you like them both operating together? Wow. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean uh, he plays with a lot of heart, Charles. I guess we'll see what happens. Okay, right. Uh, we've got some audio from uh, Mark Chapman. I'll read a text out about uh, Mark Chapman after the break. We've got some audio from him. Um, and uh, some other bits and pieces as well to get through after 10. Here's the news. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Turns it away, he wants two, he's racing away. Will they get back for the second? Yes, they will. And fittingly, Chapman leads New Zealand to victory. A partnership of 121 has dragged New Zealand back. And a famous victory here at Ravel Pindri as they draw the series 2-2. That is a superb run chase, I've got to tell you. And that's two in a row. Outstanding performances from... Um, the Black Cap side and I, I have to take my hat off and I have to acknowledge the fact I didn't give them the Bavolta's chance with that squad up against Pakistan man for man when I lined them up I honestly I, I just said to myself uh, this is going to be a bit of a drubbing let's hope we learn something from it and maybe discover one or two players well we've done better than that we've squared that series in a very difficult manner uh, but we've also reiterated the fact that we have got talent coming through we have got um, life without Kane and that, that may well be this Mark Chapman, who was absolutely brilliant. Kevin has texted and said, Morning, Smithy. Great Black Caps win under extreme pressure at 29-3 after five overs, chasing 194. That is absolutely brilliant. Kevin, you're right. Against a very, very good quick bowling attack. I mean, that is a superb fast bowling attack. Chapman and Nishman had the ticker and the skill to do it. Huge challenge that was accepted. Uh, Tickner bowled very well. He got three wickets. Uh, Blair Tickner. Uh, Milne bowled pretty well too. It varies it well. I've been uh, supportive of Young, but he's not taking the opportunity. 
Uh, he gets stunned by the moving ball. Bose keeps ducking out to leg stumps exposed. Only one winner, the bowler, uh, the Chapman and Nisham Day. Kevin from uh, Tadalangi, absolutely right, Kevin. Um, uh, Analysed that uh, quite beautifully. Uh, so, yes, this is Mark Chapman. Uh, this is a bloke who first played for Hong Kong, uh, then decided what uh, he's not going to go far in the cricketing world playing for Hong Kong, um, and uh, ended up here in New Zealand and uh, has been... Good servant for Auckland cricket. Um, without consistency, I think it's fair to say. Maybe, maybe he's a late bloomer. Maybe he's a late bloomer like Daryl Mitchell. Maybe he's a late bloomer uh, like Devin Conway. Maybe there's something in that. Anyway, uh, Mark Chapman uh, on uh, coming into uh, the Black Caps when they were at the side when they were 26 for three, chasing 194. Pretty daunting. This is what he had to say about it. Um, yeah, obviously we lost a few wickets early and. Um, I guess it was trying to soak up a little bit of pressure and then we sort of always knew that we could score quickly. At the end, it was a relatively uh, high scoring ground. So we sort of felt as though we could catch up and, you know, thankfully it came off today. Your recent form has been unbelievable. Is there anything that you have worked with during the Auckland season or even more recently that, that you put that down to? Uh, not really, to be honest. I sort of feel like I've been chipping away in the background sort of over the, the last couple of years and few months and, and yeah, I guess it's nice to see some reward for some hard work um, behind the scenes. Obviously, you were supposed to be heading home. Have you had to change any plans or anything like that now that you are sticking around for the ODIs? Yeah, well, uh, I guess I had to check back into my rooms because I'd already paid my bill and checked out. So um, yeah, so sort of had my suitcases at the ground ready to go and um, I guess brought them back to the hotel and started unpacking when I got back. Yeah, I had to get another room key. Did you get to stay in your own room? You didn't have to move yeah, again. Same, same room, thankfully. So, um, yeah, it was like home, I guess. And and just finally, mate, uh, when when you're batting with someone like Jimmy Nation, what sort of freedom and calmness does that give you? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's got a lot of experience, and um, you know the way he came out and batted positively. To, I mean, took a lot of pressure off off my shoulders, and we sort of chatted through sort of different matchups and and taking you know different options and different bowlers down. And, and you know, thankfully, uh, we were able to do it today. Um, how have you found the decks to, to play on and, um, uh, I guess, building innings and, and uh, across the series? Yeah, I mean, obviously, these, these surfaces are a little bit different to the ones we get at home. Uh, probably not as much bounce and, you know, a little bit skiddy. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the team and, and the boys have adapted game on game. And, you know, hopefully leading into the one days, we had a good look at what the surfaces are like now. So we can uh, crack into the one days with a, with a bit of knowledge. And how did it work being told you you're staying? Obviously, you just touched on it there, but did Shane tell you as you got off the park or was it a phone call from Gary or something like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Gary Gary arrived the other uh, yesterday, so he was actually at the ground today. And then um, I guess after the game, I was sort of up packing my bags and he said, oh, you can just slow down and, and you know, we want you to stay. So, um, you know, pretty thankful that, you know, they're keeping me on. Well, it's a very unusual uh, turn of events, actually, for that to happen. Um, not very often uh, I can recall someone playing so well that um, they forced their, the hand of the selectors to, uh, into a touring party that it's always been uh, already been confirmed. So um, that was uh, very interesting indeed. And um, uh, Jimmy Nation is a classic case in point. Uh, Jimmy Nation just... He's a danger player. He's a danger player, and he's a danger player to follow as well because uh, he just does some uh, pretty uh, odd things from time to time. But when Jimmy gets it right, Jimmy's uh, pretty damn good. That's why he uh, has chosen to go the white ball way. Now, where does that leave Mark Chapman? Uh, Mark Chapman now um, is a name in headlights. You do that against Pakistan, 
uh, you start to attract a, a lot of attention. So does Mark Chapman all of a sudden become a target in T20 cricket for franchises around the world? Uh, I think he does, uh, particularly if he can carry this on. Um, so all of a sudden, uh, he'll have a decision to make about his uh, future and a good decision as well. Um, but uh, they didn't uh, let up on him. They said, uh, what about your form in the younger black cap side, um, how it's performed in Pakistan overall? How have you adapted so well to these conditions? Do they suit you naturally or, or how have you come to, to be able to play so well over here? Yeah, well, I guess I've been on a couple of subcontinent tours before and, um, you know, I guess one of the things we've sort of pride ourselves on as a group in the Black Caps is being able to adapt to, to what's in front of us and, you know, it hasn't been ideal. We haven't had, the, um, you know, really many trainings at all, but the conversations we're having behind the scenes have been awesome and, you know, both as a batting and a bowling unit, um, you know, from game to game, I feel like we've improved. Were you disappointed to initially miss out on the ODI squad and, and was there any extra incentive to go out and do what you've done in this series to push your case a bit more? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you're always disappointed when you miss out on a squad, um, but my focus was very much so on on the opportunities that I did have and, you know, I haven't always, um, you know, been able to to play in the past and so I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful to have a, a string of games in a row and, you know, put, I guess put my hand up. Without so many kind of mainstays, in Pakistan at the moment, you know, Kane, uh, Tim, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What does this mean to this group, quite a young group, to go over to Pakistan? You didn't win the series, but you've come back incredibly well and, and managed to to get a two-all draw. What, what, what's kind of been said and what does it mean to, to be able to do that without so many of the top guys? Yeah, I mean, it's there's been a great vibe here in, in this group and, you know, there's a lot of guys that I guess have played a cricket and domestic cricket against and alongside each other. So we all know each other pretty well. And, um, you know, I guess there's a there's a that real trust and belief in the group at the moment uh, in terms of being able to compete on the world stage when required. So, you know, we'll take a lot of confidence from this and, you know, hopefully we can put up a similar performance in the Mondays. Yeah, it's a nice squad uh, developing well. Thing that concerns me a little bit is, is uh, I'm more for these guys getting these IPL contracts, but I want to see them play. I want to see the New Zealand players play a lot more cricket than they are. We've seen the benefit of what Devin Conway is doing. I mean, he's getting exposure and he's cashing in on it. He's becoming a really big part of uh, Stephen Fleming's uh, Chennai Super King side, uh, and his value is going to increase uh, as we speak. Uh, but there's a number of players over there. I think there's uh, ten or eleven players over there that aren't playing a lot of cricket, um, and and. Finn Allen is one for me. Where's Finn Allen? Uh, what is uh, Finn Allen up to? Um, this is the bloke, of course, that um, they've put there. They've hung their hat on his hook uh, in terms of white ball cricket in the World Cup. So I, I just get a, a little bit worried that uh, the likes of him. So without um, Williamson, we need a, a one, two, three, four who are firing big time. So um, where is he and what kind of cricket is he playing? That's uh, of interest to me. Right, let's uh, change tack a wee bit. Of course, uh, the fallout from Live Golf has been very positive, I think it's fair to say, Logan. Um, everyone we've talked to here um, on the station has raved about it. Uh, even the oldsters uh, who have gone along and uh, boogied, boogied <laughs> uh, at, at, the, <laughs> at the very celebration points around the course have loved it, absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, the reports have been very good. Yeah, we'll play some audio from uh, Greg Norman shortly. That was actually a press conference prior to uh, Adelaide going ahead, but he had some really interesting things to say. 
I watched a lot of it, Smithy, because with me, um, one, I was I was away on leave for one week, and then second week I had COVID. So, uh, perfect opportunity to lay on the couch and watch some golf, and that's exactly what I did, especially on Saturday. Uh, and I, I loved it. Like I've watched a few live tournaments, but I think this is the one that's clicked. And you just kind of it reminded me a lot. I'm I'm not comparing them directly. But you just you remember the scenes where Tiger Woods is going down to the 18th hole. He's about to win a major, and everyone kind of surrounds him. The same thing happened with Taylor Gooch in that last round. He had a terrible uh, third round. He he hit 10 under round one, 10 under round two. He was one over par on on his third round, but he managed to hold on, and he had to fight his way through the crowd to even get to the 18th green. That, it was just, it was so packed. I had a friend over there who did about seven or eight shoeys out of Patrick Reed's shoe uh, after it all finished. So it was quite a party atmosphere, definitely a different vibe. But this is what Greg Norman had to say uh, prior to Adelaide happening. My legacy of what I'm doing with Liv will be my legacy because it's the right thing to do. And it also showcases, to your point, about creating these new pathways that we have for players. We invested $300 million into the Asian tour to give them the opportunity, a sleeping giant of a massive wealth of population of the game of golf. 65% of all golf courses in the world built today are from the GCC to the Asian Pacific Rim. 65%. And one third of the population in the world, maybe a bit more live in that region. So you can see from just a logical business perspective from where the game of golf is going for the next 25 years, maybe 30 years. I've seen it in Vietnam for the last 8 to 12 years. And there's another, at least another 25 years to go in Vietnam alone. So when you look at these opportunities that the game of golf is delivering to and a powerful impact to these countries, right? Um, the opportunity, you're also looking at the opportunity, how do you reach down to these kids? So in one year, in eight golf tournaments, Liv has taken the lid off the aging demographics of the, the golfing fan, which is 67 and a half years old that follow the PGA Tour. In one year, we've taken that down. 65% of our viewers and fans are 45 years and younger. So all of a sudden, because of our product, is now identified to a younger fan base. So now, we'd like today, when I was going out here today, it's the first time we've had spectators in a pro-am. The number of kids that are out there that, you know, I'm a lot older than 60 years and older than some of these kids, and they're coming up to me and going, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I go, oh my gosh, there it is. This is what it's all about. We're reaching down so much quicker than I ever anticipated. And where are Liv going next, Smithy? Well, they're playing Singapore this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, atmosphere and reaction they get following on from Adelaide. Yeah, well, uh, the acid test still is, uh, will it catch on in the States for me, uh, Logan? That's uh, still uh, the big market, the big golf market. I mean, he can uh, he can talk about the Asian market as such, but, um, you know, the, the players that uh, play on... Uh, the PGA Tour and the DP Tour, the, the other ones he still has to capture for me, those audiences. And uh, at this point, we all know very well that the TV ratings in America are minuscule. Um, and, and that's a fact of life. That's, that's a barrier he has to break down. Uh, but certainly, uh, from what you're hearing, if you want to be entertained, if you like golf but you want to be entertained, if you want to have a good time, 
then uh, live is uh, a place you've got to go. There are uh, events on the uh, PGA Tour like um, uh, the Phoenix, uh, at Phoenix. Gosh, we're just having a massive earthquake here in Hawke's Bay. How's that go? Everything's still shaking. My goodness, it's a massive earthquake. Well, yeah, your camera's shaking. Sh- it is still shaking. Holy heck, I've never commentated on an earthquake before. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, that is a long, prolonged... Oh, it's still going. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, anyway, you might have to take over shortly. <laughs> uh, but it, it is uh, a live earthquake. Quite, um, quite still going. It is, uh, what, a good 20 seconds or so. So, um, and it's a decent one, I can promise you that. Uh, I'm not sure it's a damage-causing one, but certainly it's one that <coughs> gets uh, gets the whole heckles up a wee bit. Uh, anyway, well, uh, what was I <laughs> before I was rudely interrupted by the earthquake? Uh, <laughs> you were talking about the uh, TBC Scottsdale, the party hole. Yeah, 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 the party hole. Um, you know, um, there are semblances of that too. We've seen that, so uh, they've copied that, and, and good luck to them. Um, man, uh, you know, he, 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 when you hear Greg Norman talk like that in a, in, a, in a common sense thing as opposed to a combative thing, um, I, I think um, it's a different side of him and you can see some of the logic he's going after. Will his legacy be uh, live golf? Yeah, I think um, it's hard to forget what he did as a golfer. I mean, let's not forget, uh, prior to all this, he was one of the game's most highly respected players. Didn't win the majors, he should have. But certainly highly respected. Uh, I just go and check the shelves and uh, everything like that, fellas. I'll take an ad break and uh, I'll be back shortly with a panel, hopefully. <laughs> Agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Andrew Cordy and Ben Strang, uh, gentlemen, uh, good morning. Welcome to the panel this morning. Uh, we just had a nasty earthquake down here in uh, Hawke's Bay, 5.8 magnitude near Porongahau, which is not too far south of here, and a pretty big aftershock as well, 26 kilometres deep, so that's uh, not too far away. Gords, good morning to you. Hope uh, where you are it's a little bit more stable, and uh, we can reflect on the Warriors uh, and their performance against the Storm last night. Morning, Smitty. Morning to all the listeners. Hope uh, you and everyone's okay down there in, uh, in the glorious uh, Hawks Bay. Um, yeah, look, what a, what a night that was and what a game, what a performance. I've uh, got to say, this, this Warriors team, they're, they're just a great watch at the moment, aren't they? The thing I love about them, Smitty, is, um, you know, despite what happened on the field, and my goodness, they, I mean, for a team to finish with only 13 available players, you know, they had... Charles Nickel Clock start off the field with an HIA. Um, they had Torhu Harris off the field with a knee injury. Jazz Tavanga with what looked like an Achilles injury. And Bailey Surinan uh, also on the sideline going through HIA protocols. Uh, to, to get that close um, and to hang on until really, what was it, the last three or four minutes when Harry Grant finally got the try that, that secured the match. They're, they're just a great watch, this Warriors team, because... They either, they're either winning games or when they're losing, they're, they're right in it until, until the last few minutes. You know, gone are the days, I think, and we've seen plenty of them from the Warriors side, haven't we, where, you know, you're watching a game and you know after 20 minutes, half an hour, they're out of the game and you may as well switch off the tally. Well, with this, this team, this 2023 version, 
you've got to stay watching right until the very end because they just seem capable of anything. And even even though they obviously, you know, they were they were very short on numbers towards the back end of that game, the fact that they were still in it, you know, they were still within two points right up until Harry Grant scored that try. You know, anything's possible, isn't it? You know, especially with you know two two point field goals and. And just all, all the sort of scoring options available to players, they're a, they're a great watch at the moment. Oh, I totally agree. They are a great uh, watch. And uh, I think, Ben String, uh, they'd be an even better watch if they got to play a, an Anzac Day game at home. And what difference a home crowd might have made last night if they had that opportunity? It's about time, isn't it? Absolutely. It'd be great to have a New Zealand crowd egging them on. And, and I imagine if, if, if an Anzac game was to be held in Auckland, it would have a a massive turnout at Mount Smart. Um, it would be absolutely fantastic. I, I think um, there's there's just so many positives despite the loss for the Warriors yesterday. The, the the way that with all the injuries, the players just continued to play with such heart, and and that's probably the, the main thing that I've noticed this year is that they you know they seem to want it, which you probably couldn't say in previous years. The the hearts there, the the drive and desire. I think that uh, Andrew Webster's done a great job of. Of, of instilling that in the team. And the other promising thing was that it wasn't a slow start for once. Um, to score a, a try in the fourth minute, to not concede, um, to then score another in the tenth, uh, it was a really fast start for the Warriors, and obviously the result didn't come with it. But um, there, there are more positive signs there. And, yeah, the injuries are not going to be great um, in the coming couple of weeks. But you just still feel like the next guy is ready to stand up, which is pretty impressive. Ben, there'll be a number of uh, die-hard uh, rugby fans who will poo-poo all this enthusiasm that uh, people have got for the Warriors at the moment. They'll also poo-poo the concept that uh, they might have missed the boat a wee bit and uh, lost a bit of ground yesterday by not having some sort of Anzac Day clash themselves to mark the occasion. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right that rugby fans will probably try to poo-poo it, but I think the reality of the situation is that rugby league is a far better product than rugby at the moment. I think the crowds that we're seeing in Australia for the NRL are phenomenal. Uh, people are, are absolutely on the rugby league bandwagon over there. It's just going from strength to strength. The, the quality of every game seems to be high. I mean, there's not many dud games in the NRL this season, it seems. Whereas if you go, if you go to rugby, you're pretty hard-pressed to find a really riveting watch of a game. And, and that's just one in a weekend. Um, it, they're, they're pretty much foregone conclusions and not all that exciting. So, yes, it would be nice uh, if, if there were... You know, I quite like these these um, these games on, on holidays when they, when they tie it all in and do it the right way. You, you know, when they started it with the NRL and they had camo uniforms and all that sort of stuff, it was... I thought that was in pretty poor taste, but the idea of a celebration uh, around a, a sports game, I think, is fantastic. If more sports want to do that, then that would be fantastic as well. And, uh, Gordy, it was a nice little, um, i say, counterpunch from Peter Vlandis the other day when he announced uh, a possible extension into the salary cap of rugby league sides to try and go and poach some more rugby talent on the back of Eddie Jones, nicking a couple of his. Yeah, I thought there was Peter Valandis is such a smart operator, isn't he? Like he he just knows what appeals to the rugby league fan base for a start, um, and, and you only have to look at the you know the, the the very nature of the two sports, especially over in Australia. You know, rugby league is 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 the sport that appeals to the everyman, I suppose. Whereas you know, rugby union has that sort of elitist feel to it, so. 
he's still sort of playing on that underdog status, I suppose, between the two codes as he, you know, continues to continues to niggle and needle away. And I thought it was very interesting that, uh, you know, just in the in the aftermath of last night's match, you know, another player, Nelson Asafa Solomona, who had been courted by Rugby Australia, supposedly, um, you know, the announcement that he's re-signed with the Storm for another four years. So it's, you know, Peter Volandi's one, Hamish McLean nil. Um, he just continues to chalk up wins for the NRL. Just touching on your on your point about having the Anzac Day clash between the Storm and the, and the Warriors here in New Zealand. I mean, I, I personally would love to see that happen as well. And I'm sure if that game had been played at Mount Smart Stadium last night, they would have had an enormous crowd for it. But just looking at, at it from the other side of the coin, I, I think... This fixture, it, it didn't it look fantastic on television? There was a huge crowd there at Amy Park, and I think the part you can't overlook is what the NRL is quite clearly trying to do. They're obviously, you know, I'd say at the moment they're winning their battle against Rugby Union, but really they probably see their biggest competitor as AFL. And when you consider that they had 95,000 fans at the MCG yesterday for the Collingwood versus Essendon game, and just around the corner, literally... They managed to sell out uh, an NRL fixture um, at Amy Park. That's that's really positive signs for the NRL. They would have looked at that and gone, "That's a that's a huge win in our um, our sort of area, I suppose, um, in our our geographical location, I suppose." So uh, it's hard to see any time soon there being some sort of a change in mood around that. As much as I would love to see it, um, and the other thing too is is. While the Warriors are playing very, very well at the moment and there's a lot of hype and I'm sure they would have sold out that game last night if it was Mount Smart, could you necessarily say that every year? You know, when they're not performing, does the, does the, do those, the bandwagon jumpers, do they decide that they're going to head out on a Tuesday night when there's work tomorrow? I just, I'm not sure if we have the same psyche around attending sporting fixtures as, they, as, as Australian sort of sports goers, I suppose, sports fans. Yeah, I, I think very fair point. Very fair point. Uh, it would be trial and error. It would be trial and error. You're right, Gordson. Uh, on the evidence of some crowds that we're seeing at some of our events, uh, you may well have hit it on the head there. 10.31 uh, here on SENZ. Uh, we'll take a short uh, break with uh, the panel. We've got Ben Strang and Andrew Gordy with us this morning. We shall return. Grab the SENZ app. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. 10.33 here, uh, Andrew Gordy and Ben Strang with us. And uh, Ben, uh, the Black Caps have uh, shown a little bit of flexibility in their thinking, holding on to Mark Chapman, which uh, seems like an obvious move. But it's quite a rare one, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think it makes uh, total sense. It's good to see that flexibility. You're right. I mean, that in the past, they might have just um, sent Mark Chapman home. That was their plan, so they'll stick to it and stick with the guys that they said they wanted in the ODI squad. But when you score runs at the rate that, Mark Chapman was in that uh, 2020 series. When you have a a World Cup later in the year that you have a couple of spots that you're wanting to make sure you get right, I think it makes absolute sense that you keep the the form man in the in the squad and, and and see what he's made of in the one day format. It's it's important to remember this Pakistan bowling attack is bloody good. They're they're one of the best bowling attacks in world cricket. And Mark Chapman has taken them apart in these four games. He's batted absolutely phenomenally well. Uh, and I think this sort of... I think it shows the talent that Mark Chapman has. I don't think there's ever been a big question mark about 
the talent that he has, but the fact that he's gone over there, the, the, the star names are not there, so he's got no pressure really for his place in the squad, and it feels like that that ease of knowing that he's he's got that spot has just allowed him to flourish, and I, I hope that they can um, continue with that, that he, that he knows he now belongs at this level. If, if he can continue... You know, even even fifty percent of what we saw from that would be fantastic. He's um, it's it's been a fantastic series for him. Yeah, sure has. Um, I think might be a bit of a problem for Will Young here. Um, to be honest, uh, Gordy just hasn't taken the opportunities, and I think Chapman might get first crack. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Smithy? When it get, when you get to international level, is taking your opportunities, and and you know, as you just said, guys, like you've got to take your hat off to Mark Chapman because. I think he was sort of in danger, wasn't he, of being pigeonholed as just sort of that that, that sub-in guy. You know, when when, his, uh, when the big names are away, he just he just slots in for one or two matches. Um, but up until now, he'd probably never really taken his opportunity, and he's done exactly that on this tour. And so, yeah, I, I like seeing the, the flexibility from the Black Cap selectors to reward that form because, you know, you... you you get once you're in that seat, I suppose, and we've seen it time and time again with with lots of other players, haven't we? Once you're in that seat, you can kind of afford yourself one or two one or two failures. But if you can keep it consistent with, you know, um, the odd the odd fifty here and there, um, the odd contribution, as as the as the cricketers like to call it, um, he will get consistency in, in the in the saddle. He'll he'll get more games and he'll feel more comfortable at this level, and that's how you build depth, isn't it? So. Um, no, like I say, hats off to Mark Chapman and you know New Zealand crickets probably saved themselves a, a couple of airline tickets, which uh, probably probably helps with this sort of time as well. <laughs> it probably does. Actually, I'm more interested in the form around this series coming up because, of course, the World Cup is not too far away, and uh, we're hearing, of course, that Kane won't be with us. Tried to get Kane on this morning actually, but he's lying low at the moment, uh, recovering and uh, trying to get on <coughs> to the fix-it table. Um, right, uh, let's look at uh, Gords if we could. The dust has settled a, a little bit on uh, Live Golf, but it did uh, stir it up a wee bit, and it looks like it's going back to Australia, and no wonder why. Exactly. Gee, some of the some of the images out of out of uh, Adelaide over the weekend were were pretty impressive, weren't they? Um, you know, purely from an entertainment product point of view, and I, and I can't stress that enough. You know, so much of sport is about entertainment, and I think it's a big part of the the debate that's currently um, going on, especially here in New Zealand, around you know NRL versus Super Rugby, uh, and, and look, I can only speak from my own personal point of view, but I just find the the entire NRL product just so much more entertaining. From the game itself, what you're seeing on the field, to to the broadcast, to the the almost the circus that goes on around it. Like personally, I think NRL 360 is just one of the best shows out because. Um, they, you know, every, every single time the show comes on, there's some new, almost tabloid-like drama to talk about. There's a real narrative around the game, and, it, and it's great to watch. But it, it's entertaining, is my point. And that's what Live Golf, I think, is doing better than the PGA Tour at the moment. And, you know, you could, you could say there is an argument to say, I think, that Live is really appealing perhaps to the lowest common denominator, but, but perhaps that's where the gap in the market is. That's where the opportunity is because golf is seen as probably this elitist sport, um, you know, with, uh, and, there's, and there's too much arrogance about the PGA Tour. So they're, they're appealing to the other end of the spectrum and, and they, are, they are getting the rewards. So it's fascinating to see, it will be fascinating to see how 
Live Golf evolves over the next couple of years. You know, they've really eaten into that top end of the market when it comes to players who are ranked in the top top 20 in the world. Um, and they obviously have plenty of money behind them, and that, that can be put into not only securing players, but marketing their product as well. So, um, like I say, fascinating to see how that, um, um, you know, uh, I suppose evolves over the next couple of years. And, yeah, um, even whether they decide to venture into the women's game as well, because you would think that there is an enormous opportunity there. And, um, yeah, if Live Golf expanded into the women's game, that would be uh, potentially a game-changer for the sport. Well, well, it would. You make a good point there, Gords. And, and Ben, I'll bring you in on this as well, because we just heard a clip from Greg Norman saying, the market is Asia. The market is Asia. Absolutely, um, that is where it is. More golf courses being built in that region, more people uh, looking at playing the game and following the game in that region. Apparently, that's Greg Norman's figures. If that is the case, when you look at the number of Asian women that dominate the LPGA and women's golf around the world, surely, surely there's a market for women in in live golf, uh, Ben. Oh, absolutely. I think if they are planning to expand, that makes total sense. The the number of you know South Korean players in particular, but but Thailand, uh, Japan. There's just there's there's so many players out there, uh, so much eagerness to get involved in golf in that Asian market. So that I mean that makes total sense to me. And and you know what Greg Norman is saying. Uh, I will find it very ironic if uh, a Saudi-backed golf league is um you know trying to promote women's golf I, I i do see it as sports washing at the same time the products that is being put out there uh is is pretty phenomenal uh, it's it's not for me uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not for everybody i i personally sort of can't stand sort of um some of the antics around it and and i'm not a huge fan of the format though it is growing on me uh but but there's just no denying that it's been a success, that what we've seen in Australia was was pretty phenomenal in terms of the crowds, and that the PGA Tour, that the DP World Tour, um, even probably the LPGA, may need to rethink just some of their formats and how they approach the game because, um, yeah, there's, just, there's absolutely no doubt that this is attracting a whole new uh, fan base, and, and that is good for the game. Absolutely, fellas, and uh, you've been very good for uh, our panel this morning as well. Um, so, uh, Ben Strang, Andrew Gordy, thanks so much for your time, guys. Uh, have a terrific uh, remainder of uh, this Wednesday. It's coming up to 10.42 here on SENZ. Those, those farmland areas where, I mean, it is quite low to the ground, but you sort of see the fence lines, and you see the level of where the, the silt would have gone into. How high that is! I just honestly, it it really did blow my mind. It was, I mean, it was nice to be able to get back to Hastings and sort of, you know, see see how things are going. It seems like people are, you know, definitely trying to turn things around and get back. Man, an earthquake like this so soon after the the cyclone, it's it's crazy. So I I hope that people are okay out there. Yeah, I think I haven't any reports of damage yet. It's um. A depth of 21 kilometres near the rural settlement of uh, Porongahau, which is not too far from here. Uh, was followed by a magnitude 5.4, the depth of 17 kilometres a few minutes later. And then uh, two smaller ones at 3.9 and 3.5. Uh, regarded by GeoNet, the first two as severe. Right, uh, so uh, we got uh, an update from uh, our texters as well. Um, I'm in uh, CHB Wanstead area. Big Polo area, I think, once did. Uh, another big one right now, so that was interesting. 
Um, Smithy, uh, can I make a music request if you go off air? How about Shake, Rattle and, ro rattle and Roll? Very good. Uh, very smart, Rory. Excellent. Um, um, Anthony's coming and said, oh, Smithy, a lot of uh, Kiwi IPL players aren't starting. Santner, Ferguson, Allen, Southey, a little bit of a worry. Uh, can't beat game time. Absolutely right there. Uh, and someone has come in there and um, maybe, um, I'm not sure whether he's having a, uh, if it's me, I'm, I put myself up and say I'm a uh, degenerate. Um, Peter Vlandis knows how to appeal to the degenerates who enjoy an opinion of what game's better rather than being respectful to athletes of both codes and fans. Hmm, interesting. Um, not quite sure whether you're a um, devoted rugby fan there and don't like league or whether you just don't like us uh, <laughs> the panel. Smithy I will, I will uh, say quickly Villandes does the exact same thing towards AFL I think he's just mm. that kind of guy that he's so invested in the product that he isn't looking after uh, he's going to try and find any advantage he can so well, it, this, is a, this is a bloke that kept um, racing going uh, throughout COVID in Australia um, you know he defied it defied everything um, and at the end of the day mm. Uh, 10, 10.49, Logan, now uh, take a breather. We're going to get uh, Louie on um, and then perhaps look at some sport options. So much NBA action and some very interesting games today. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Louis Herman Watt joins us as we look at uh, racing coming out of Hawara today. There's nine races, the first at 12.15 on a soft five. And uh, Louis, we're talking uh, winter tracks now, and we're talking uh, jump races, high weight races, and that means we're talking dummy Myers, Kevin Myers. Yes, very sharp, Smithy, and good to see that you're still on air post-shake. Um, yeah, in the first, you don't have to wait long. I can't wait for the jumps racing this year. It's awesome. And soft seven today, overcast and harder. It's such a great place to start off the season. And I think if you follow the money, which you probably want to be doing around dummy mires and some of these jumping fields, uh, you might be able to tip yourself into a wee Quinella in the first race. Motivation's been back, Nelson. Uh, McDougal team, Sean Phelan obviously doing the riding, motivation was very, very handy last season, um, had a start on the flat and calf beef for Kevin Myers in the Fortuna Syndicate well that's 420 into 330 so motivation 350 into 3 bucks calf beef 420 into 330 so probably the two most proven in the th uh, field as it is I think that's a pretty good lead to start you off on your jumping odyssey this year Smithy and later on there's actually some really nice flat horses going around. One in particular Stella Splendida who they were actually tipping out to win the Thousand Guineas all the way back in last October. Um, Tiako have a big opinion of her. She can run quick sectional. She's a big girl. The zoo star beautifully bred. Um, in race number six she's short enough. A dollar eighty-five in a country field. Um Baronet, the stable mate, the big danger. You can't touch this. The local Robbie Patterson there as well. There's Dallas Blendina. She's always had a big rap on her, so I'll be watching her closely. And then in race seven, Syndicato, back from Australia for Royd and Burgesson after um, ran some nice races for Chris Waller. I don't think broke through in Australia, but 
uh, back in the country and should probably be able to handle this field. But they have come for Stallone with Anna Clement, Michael McNabb. And we spoke to him the other day, Smitty. Since then, yesterday, I don't know if you saw Nabba, he was on fire at Evandale. He is so far and away the best jockey riding consistently at the moment. He is indeed, uh, Louis. He is, and uh, your tipping's pretty damn good as well. You have a terrific remainder of uh, this Wednesday. We're going to pop across and talk to the equally busy uh, Pip Morris, who's uh, star of stage and screen at the moment. Uh, Pip, there are greyhounds uh, running around at Palmerston North. I've got an extra meeting as well, 13 races in all, and so much sport to look at. There is, Lydia. Thank you. I've got to talk about the basketball, of course, with the playoffs underway. With $2,000 on Boston Atlanta game, total points over $229.50 for $1.76 has been really popular as well. $1,000 on the power play. Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant here each have 25 points or more, 5 plus rebounds, and 5 or more assists at $6.50 been very popular and snapped up. Also a $2,000 multi on Boston and Denver, both to return seven, a 2.7k. That's head-to-head. They're both going to get up on the win. Head-to-head bidding is pretty even between the two teams, Boston and Atlanta. And then with $1,000 on Denver to cover the 9.5-point start at $1.87. As far as the Greyhounds go to Smithy, I really like Inner Space in race number nine. I've made him my best bet. She comes back to Palmerston North, comes up with box number two. Mark Rosanowski's got her as a next best bet as well. So it's just a, a little bit of confidence there around the camp with her today. Okay, Pip, uh, you have a terrific day. Thank you very much for the insights there and uh, the information. Um, Of course, if you're going to have a bet today, folks, uh, bet responsibly. Bet uh, what you can afford to do, not what you'd uh, like to afford to do. Um, And, um, yeah, um, all the best with uh, what you come up with. Uh, We're going to talk, you might want to talk and have a wager actually on American sport. There's plenty of it going on at the moment. We've got the Stanley Cup going on, Major League, of course, uh, just getting into their season and the NBA playoffs. Uh, which means we're going to go to the United States after 11 o'clock. We're going to talk to Simon Hampton. Simon is the host of the 3rd and 5 podcast. Uh, he lives uh, in Brooklyn, actually. And, uh, the, well, the state of New York, the city of New York, have made a massive signing, a massive signing um, in terms of the NFL. It's the big news. It's breaking all the headlines. It's Aaron Rodgers going from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. Uh, we get an impression from Simon and what that is about. And also these uh, NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup all coming up shortly. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is 11.03 here in New Zealand, but we're going stateside now here on SCNZ with plenty happening in the world of American sport as the NBA and NHL playoffs heat up, plus Aaron Rodgers is officially on the move. He's swapping one green jersey for another, traded from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. Hard to get an equivalent in New Zealand for that. That'd be like saying Richie McCaw going from the Crusaders to the Blues ten times. Uh, joining me from Brooklyn is the host of Third and Five podcast. It is Simon Hampton. Uh, what a lovely place uh, he's living at the moment. Made a lot more interesting yesterday, Simon, uh, with the news that Aaron Rodgers, uh, the trade is official. And uh, I know that uh, I've heard through the grapevine that you're actually a Seahawks supporter. 
but you would take the Jets if you had to win a fight over the Giants, so you'd be happy with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. You've got to take the Jets over the Giants, um, and it helps the tickets to Jets games are about a third of the price of, of Giants games, so um, supporting with my wallet. But, yeah, I mean, huge news. Um, and to be honest, it's been a little bit swamped in, in the New York sports market by the, the fact that the Rangers and the Knicks are doing so well at the moment, but still, um, you know, I think everyone... In, in Jetsland are, are pretty excited about this. It's, you know, we've, we've known about this for a while. There were, there were the reports that, you know, I think it must have, you know, a few weeks ago now that, that Rogers was keen on a move to the Jets um, and, and, and it seemed like a deal was, was close. And, and at that point, it just seemed like it was a matter of, of when, not if. Um, Rogers wound up in the Jets and here we are, you know, last night, you know, confirmation comes through that there is a deal in place now to send. Aaron Rodgers from the Packers to the Jets. It's going to be funny seeing him play in a different uniform. Of course, debuted for the Packers way back in 2005. Now 39 years of age, going to a, a slightly uh, lighter tinge of green on his jersey this year. But I think Jets fans are pretty happy with this. I mean, it, it puts them squarely in win-now mode. Um, but, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot on our podcast, and there's been a lot of chat about this, you know, in various media outlets, that this Jets roster is really good. And the thing that was probably lacking is a star quarterback and Aaron Rodgers is exactly that so um you know the pressure is going to be ratcheted up on on the Jets this year they they haven't had that sort of pressure for a long time there's there's been a lot of time in the in the basement of the of their division and of the NFL but um this is a team that that is is firmly in contention now yeah well that puts them in the same division um as the Buffalo Bills who are a pretty handy outfit with uh, Josh Allen uh, and of course, the Dolphins with um, uh, you know their their combination as well. Tuo Tungavailoa uh, is their quarterback. What uh, what chance realistically of an impact from the Jets right from the get go? Yeah, I mean you're spot on, and and you don't even write off the Patriots there because they're a well coached uh, team. They they probably are the fourth best team in that division by now, but they're no easy beats either. And they they finished eight and nine last year, and I, I suspect they'll be you know, in that sort of range again this year. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Jets leapfrog the Dolphins at the moment. I don't know if they're still better than the Bills, though. The Bills are a really good team, a uh, really good regular season team. They've, they've, you know, had a bit of a wall in the playoffs the, the last few years. But, you know, 13-3 yeah, and three last year, and, and, and most of those players are coming back again this year. So I think the, the, the Bills probably slightly edge them, but... My goodness, it's going to be a great division, and the, the Jets are, are certainly pushing them this year. And those, you know, New York State rivalries that we're going to get between the the Jets and the Buffalo Bills up in upstate New York uh, are, are going to be fantastic. And and so, you know, the fact that we'll get, you know, that twice in the next season is is, is something very much to look forward to. Simon, tell us a wee bit more about XFL, please. I know nothing about XFL, honestly. Um, I've heard also through the grapevine that it has played quite a lot in New Zealand at the moment, but I don't know a lot about this. I mean, I, no one in America really talks about it. It gets completely ignored. I mean, I think Americans just love the NFL so much that really nothing can replace their, their love for that. I mean, you turn on the TV in mid-April, the, the depths of the NFL offseason, and they're still talking about the NFL. That is, you know, the the level of love that that America has for for the National Football League. So, 
Um, not a lot of love for, for the XFL over here that I've seen. Um, you really have to dig that out um, and go and find that if you, you're into it. And I personally haven't uh, been been going after it because there's just so much other sport on at the moment that I, uh, I prefer to watch. Well, w- well, one thing I'm, I would imagine you will be watching uh, towards the end of this week, and uh, while it's not on the field of play in terms of the NFL, probably rates just as high as some of the games, and that is, of course, the NFL draft. What are we expecting out of there? Is there a name you can throw at us here? Well, this is going to be a really interesting draft, um, and we've already seen actually some action in this draft um, with, with some trades going down. We saw the Panthers trade up uh, with the Chicago Bears to get the, the, the first overall pick. There's a lot of speculation, uh, a lot of talk about where the quarterbacks are going to land, basically, because uh, the Panthers are, are going to take a quarterback first. You, you would have to think that's why they've traded up to, to first. And the Texans at number two, or they want a quarterback. They're, they're trying to find their, their quarterback of the future as well. Uh, there's the Colts. I think they're down in fourth. Uh, they want a quarterback as well. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a handful of young quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, um, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the four four quarterbacks, and no one quite knows the order in which these guys are going to go. Uh, and so there's tons of speculation about you know where they might land and, and who's the best fit for which team. Um, a lot of chatter maybe that, that CJ Stroud might be might be the guy, but you know it, it, I've seen these you know speculation about this, and it's it's changed just about every every week um, about who's going to go first overall. So. Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that front. So the, the quarterbacks are going to be really interesting to watch. Um, there could also be some draft movement as well. We, we could see a team like the, the Arizona Cardinals who hold, hold the number three pick but don't need a quarterback because they've got Kyler Murray locked up on a long-term contract. They could use that leverage to sort of trade down, uh, even if it's just to trade with the Colts um, and, and fourth and, and, and trade down to a team that, that would need a quarterback and, and wants to draft a bit higher. So... We could see some trade action there, uh, but but the quarterbacks at the top, that's that's what everyone's going to be watching. Okay, right, Taylor, we uh, hop across from um, NFL to NBA, where uh, playoff action is uh, coming at us thick and fast over here, and I'm sure over there there's massive interest. There's also massive interest, too, um, in the Brooklyn Nets, um, not for the right reasons, swept 4-0 by the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, our very own Short Marks is the Nets general manager, uh, where does that leave Sean Marks? Uh, well, uh, I think he's in a pretty good spot. I think, I think, I think people sort of like what they're seeing from this Nets team, and and I know it's it's, it's tough to say coming out of a four 0 sweep in the first round, but you know when you when you look at a team that that traded away Kevin Durant, traded away Kyrie Irving, they've brought in some good young players. They've got a ton of draft picks now to, to use this this offseason. Um, they really like uh, the form of uh, Mikel Bridges, the, the young player they've got who's under contract for another few years. Uh, they've got some other good young players as well, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton. So there's some good young players to build around a lot of draft picks coming up. I think, you know, it's not the place they wanted to be going into the season when they had Kevin Durant back on board and, and Kyrie Irving seemingly back on board. And, and you know... <laughs> Around Christmas, they were playing some of the best basketball in the NBA, and, and they were looking like a genuine title contender. It all unraveled, of course, but you know, and it, <laughs> I feel like I've been sort of riding this roller coaster for the last three years watching this team. But um, weirdly, think think they're in a little bit more of a calmer phase going forward, and, and they can really sort of map out a, a more stable future uh, going forward. So I think 
it seems like Sean Marks will be the guy to, to, to lead them through that. I don't think he's going to lose his job. I think he's got a very close um, bond with uh, the owner, Joe Sai. Uh, I think they get on very well. And, and I suspect Sean Marks will, will still be the general manager uh, navigating through through this upcoming off-season. There were two uh, amazing individual performances, I thought, in basketball yesterday. Jimmy Butler, 56 points, yeah. 56 for Miami. And I thought when it came to the crunch, a 38-year-old or 37-year-old LeBron James, 38, I think, was simply outstanding for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, tremendous. And, and, and remember, these are two seventh, uh, the, the Heat are the, the seventh seed, the, the Lakers the eighth seed. I think I've got those the right way around. Um, but, you know, these are two low seeds getting it done against higher seeds. And, you know, um, Butler in particular, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Playoffs, basically. Uh, he's really turned up his performances in the playoffs and he's leading this team uh, past a, a very favoured Bucks side. And I know that Giannis... Anton Tacupo's, you know, been dealing with injuries and, and, and uh, not been playing. Um, but regardless, you know, it's still a very good Bucks team, and and, and they're getting it done. Um, and, and up three one, I I think you'd you'd favour that Heat side to to uh, continue that. I think probably the Bucks are more in that series at three one than the Grizzlies are in their series at three one down against the Lakers. I just think this Grizzlies side is in disarray. They don't have Ja Morant. They don't have Stephen Adams. Uh, there's been tons of controversy around them. And LeBron James, as you say, is just, again, like Butler, turning it up a level in the playoffs. And, I mean, the fact that he can do this, at, as you say, 38 years old, and still lead a team through a playoff series is just phenomenal to me. Um, and, and to watch him play is, you know, we're, we're very lucky to be to be watching him play. And um, good on the Lakers. They've had a tough season as well. There's, you know, all sorts of speculation around them um, over the course of the season. Of course, they, they had to get rid of Russell Westbrook and, you know, they were underperforming for a, or a lot of the season, but they are looking like they're playing some of the best basketball they've played all season in this series. So um, a good chance for them to go through. I think, I think I was reading lower seeds, seventh and eighth seeds, it's something like have progressed in the first round, something like 13 times out of 200 and something series. So the odds of, of these two lower seeds getting through is very, very low. Um, but it looks like they're getting it done. Now, today there's uh, an interesting matchup, uh, and that is, uh, of course, the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. No uh, Leonard and no Paul George for uh, the Clippers, which suggests to me that even Russell Westbrook at his very, very best won't be enough for De Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I suspect you're right, Smitty. I, and, and Russell Westbrook, to be fair to him, has been uh, very close, if not at his very best um, in this series. He, he's played some of the best basketball he's played in a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think this Phoenix side is starting to hit its straps. You know, Kevin Durant came over at, at the trade deadline. He was injured at the time, so he didn't get a lot of the regular season to sort of gel with the Suns team. But they're only going to get better, in my view, and I, and I think they'll they'll cruise through this um, this game and, and and probably win and, and, and progress to the next round. Um, with I think they'll play the Nuggets, which will be a fantastic series. But uh, I, I think the Suns team's really hitting its straps. I, I I think Devin Booker is playing phenomenally. I think Chris Paul's um, helping out as well, and and so 
I think the Suns side is, is definitely one of the favourites in the West um, and disappointing for the Clippers because, you know, you look at the age of, of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and the injury history of those two and, and, and Russell Westbrook as well. And, and you wonder, they, they brought in those two guys a few years ago, but it, the window might well be closing for, for that Clippers side and, and you'd have to wonder what's next for them. But um, they do look well short of the Suns, I think, at this point. And uh, I think the Suns should, should progress quite comfortably there. And just before we leave the basketball, um, I, I reckon the series between Sacramento and Golden State oh, yeah. is uh, one of the most one of the most fascinating, and uh, it's going through another chapter today. Yeah, fantastic, and and there's so many good storylines here, right? Like you know, these two cities are uh, you know an hour and a half down the road from each other for starters. Uh, the Kings have just had not had any success in the last. 20 odd years the Warriors of course have had uh, a ton of success uh, in the last wee while so you sort of have this you know all these all these narratives and and I came into this thinking the Warriors were starting to hit their straps and and, and would would get through this series but I've got no idea where this is going I, I think this is a, a fantastic series um you know there's been a bit of controversy as well with with, with Draymond Green um of course being in, in the thick of it but yeah, a, a tremendous season, a series. Uh, this young king side, who whose players are fast becoming household names around the NBA, um, are getting it done against you know the established stars of the Warriors. So, uh, game five there is uh, in Sacramento tomorrow, um, tomorrow night. Um, so, you know, eagerly awaiting that one. That should be a cracker. Right, can we just, uh, before we um, uh, let you go, and it's been great to have you on as, as always, just take a quick look at the, the Stanley Cup because, of course, yes. uh, the New York Rangers are involved in that, but they're 2-0 they're down. Uh, with you being in Brooklyn and the Nets already out of the NBA title race, the Islanders, do they register um, as much interest uh, when they're facing elimination today at the hands of uh, the Hurricanes, Carolina Hurricanes? Well, the Islanders used to uh, register a lot of interest because they used to play down the road from me at the Barclays Centre, but then they built a new arena uh, far out on Long Island, and it's now you know a two-hour commute, two-hour train ride, I think, to get out to their arena. So um, a lot less interest in the Islanders now for me and, and a lot more interest in the, in the Rangers. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, New York. New York is very much a Rangers city, so New York will, will support the Rangers, and, and the Islanders are more of a, a Long Island suburban team. So, you know, New York is, is focused on the Rangers, um, and, and they're in a tough, tough match against the, a local rivalry as well with the, the New Jersey Devils across the Hudson River. So, uh, that's very much the focus. But you know, I think every every New York will also be hoping that, that the Islanders can find a way to turn around a 3-1 deficit and, and win three straight against the Hurricanes. I suspect it's unlikely, but um, stranger things have happened. So uh, hopefully that they can they can find a way to get that done. And today is the birthday of our producer, uh, Logan Swinkles. Um, I, I just oh, want you to quiet. know... He did keep that quiet, he's, he's, uh, but you can't keep things quiet on radio. You know that uh, full well, Simon. <laughs> Just for, for his birthday present, I know it's a bit late to send him a present, but give him some hope. Give him some hope that his Maple Leafs, his Maple Leafs are a chance here. They're 3-1 up over the Lightning. Could they progress, the Maple Leafs? Could they make his birthday? Oh, oh yeah, they are the story of the, of the NHL. I think everyone's on the Maple Leafs game at the moment. I mean, the Lightning have, have been there or thereabouts for, for a while now, so I think everyone's loving seeing the, the Toronto Maple Leafs get it done, and yeah, I'm all on board them. Uh, I really hope the uh, the Maple Leafs can, can can certainly knock out the Lightning and 
and, and keep progressing. So, um, Logan, I'm on your side on that one, mate. We can, uh, yeah, cheer on the Maple Leafs. You can come in, Logan, if you want. If they lose, I'm putting it on you, Simon. <laughs> I won't be back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. You will, Simon Hampton, because uh, we love your input and uh, we love uh, the background knowledge that you've got being Johnny on the spot, as uh, they say. Yes, uh, if you see um, Aaron Rodgers out having a, cap- a cup of coffee somewhere in Brooklyn, uh, buy him one on our behalf, mate. Thank you. Um, cheers. Uh, I hope he takes Danica Patrick back as well and takes her to Brooklyn. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just by the by, hey, have a terrific day. Uh, thanks, thanks for your input, mate. Love it. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, uh, Simon. Uh, out of um, uh, New York, out of Brooklyn. Wow, what a fascinating place uh, to be earning a living and uh, following sport. The third and five podcast there, Simon Hampton. Uh, get on to that. It is uh, eleven twenty, and we shall head to the birthday boy on. Uh, he is, of course, on the sports desk this morning, so we'll pop across to him. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Turn up the volume. We're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Yes, indeed. What is making waves this morning here on the Sports Desk, Logan? Well, I will get to a bit of the Stanley Cup playoffs soon, but first I want to talk about your team, Smithy, Tottenham Hotspur. This is an interesting move here from the team following on uh, their 6-1 defeat at the hands of Newcastle the other day. The team has come out and said, the first team squad have come out and said that they will refund supporters who travelled to watch that 6-1 humiliation at the hands of Newcastle United. The club confirmed in a statement today. Spurs interim coach Christian Stellini was sacked after the display at St James Park, in which they went down 5-0 in 21 minutes before... Hurricane struck a second half consolation goal and substitute Callum Wilson added a six for the home side. 3,000 supporters are believed to have made that long trip to Newcastle and the players have decided to cover the match ticket costs. This is what they said in their statement. As a squad, we understand your frustration, your anger. We know words aren't enough in situations like this, but believe but believe us, a defeat like this hurts. We appreciate your support, home and away, and with this in mind, we would like to reimburse fans with the cost of their match tickets from St James Park. The statement continues to say, we know this does not change what happened, and we will give everything to put things right, starting against Manchester United, when again, your support will mean everything to us. Together, and only together, can we move things forward. And currently, Spurs are fifth in the Premier League, but are six points behind that fourth place, Manchester United, having played two more games and they face United at home on th- on Friday our time with interim boss Ryan Mason set to take charge. What do you, what do you think of that move there, Smithy, from the Spurs? Well, uh, oh, there's no obligation, so it's a nice gesture in terms of uh, the cash. I don't know what a match ticket would be, uh, probably 50 quid, I would imagine, um, for um, a match of that state, maybe a little bit more. So what are they talking there, 3,000 times 50 quid? Um, so, you know, that, that's getting up there a wee bit. Uh, but to them, uh, I mean, it's nothing, uh, and everyone knows that it, it's a, you know, it's a change pocket material. But oh, I guess it's a gesture, and, a, and a, it's a, and it's a, so- a sorry, really. I, I am sorry. Um, we let you down, and uh, coach or the manager gets a sacking. He was only an interim one in, in himself, actually. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they've had what three managers in two months now. Tottenham, not good for a team aiming at Europe. 
I think it's fair to say, and you'd be writing them off at this point, and I, whilst I hesitate to do so, on this trend, I can't see them making uh, the top flight of European football. Yeah, moving on to the NRL, where Jack Wyden has signed with South Sydney. This comes from the AAP. Star Canberra 5'8", Jack Wyden will join them in 2024 after shunning lucrative offers from the Dolphins and Raiders in the pursuit of premiership success. Wyden is set to add firepower to the Rabbitohs' lethal left edge by beginning his four-year contract at centre, the position he most frequently played in his 10-game state-of-origin career. The return, he could see a return to the halves once Cody Walker retires. The South 5'8 is contracted until the end of the 2025 season, by which time he will be 35. Now the Dolphins and Rabbitohs emerged as the front runners to poach Wyden, despite earlier links to the West's Tigers and Parramatta. I guess he did not want to go out West. The Rabbitohs prim, uh, prelim, preliminary final, sorry, in each of the last five seasons appeared the best chance of the three suitors to offer that maiden premiership ring. He has close relationships with fellow Indigenous stars Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, as well as South captain Cam Murray. The move also now puts Canberra in the market for a half or a 5-8 from 2024. Luke Brooks, Sean Johnson, get your hands off it, and Kyle Flanagan are among the halves coming off contract while backup Raiders playmakers Brad Schneider and Matt Frawley are also without deals for next season, season Smithy. Could you see SJ making that move? Uh, well, um, we did ask Cameron George, um, didn't we? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think negotiations may well have started on this uh, great run of form that he's having. Nah. I don't think so. Not going back, no. Good. And just lastly on the sports desk, yes, you were talking about the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs earlier. This is how it sounded yesterday. It was a great day. Tavares wins the draw. O'Reilly out there along with them. Ed Marner. It's Morgan Riley. Get it. Scores! The game is tied! Nice perks in the slot. Giordano sends it. It's in. Now, Smithy, you might be wondering, how did I, how would I react in that situation? Well, funnily enough, I was actually uh, taking my daughter to the park because I was out of COVID ISO and I needed to entertain her. But I did watch it again later, and if you're wondering how I'd react, well, it's very similar to this. They score! They score! They end it! The Leafs have done it! The Leafs have won it in overtime! Down 4-1! The Leafs have done it! And come back to win it in overtime! I almost just passed out! Bad love in Maple Leaf Square! The Leafs were down 4-1! It was 4-1! God, it feels so good on the other end of it! Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Now that was Steve Dangle, who has done uh, reaction videos after every Maple Leafs game on YouTube for about 17 years now, I believe. That's how committed he is to the cause. And so he watches along the, to the games on Sportsnet, on the YouTube channel. That's how he reacted. Very similar <laughs> to how I would react. And Smithy, just for the context, that it was 4-1 line. That harks back to, back to 2013 when the uh, Bruins versus the Maple Leafs in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Leafs were looking like they could win and go through to the next round for the first time since 2004, by the way, still hasn't happened. Uh, blew the lead. It was 4-1. 
Bruins came back and won it and uh, has created misery ever since. So to be on the other end of it, oh, it just felt goes felt so damn good, Smithy. Bring on Friday. Bring well, on Friday. Well, I hope so, and I hope you get the chance to pay back the Bruins because I think that uh, you and Sam Hewitt might have a, an enjoyable beer if that was the case. Um, just going on that. But anyway, we, we digress a little bit, but thank you very much for that update from the sports desk. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, Stanley Cup. The old Stanley Cup, the biggest and oldest trophy in American sport. Fantastic. Uh, right, 0800 150811. We're not exactly playing for the Stanley Cup here, uh, but we are going to play for uh, a $50, a $50 voucher. Uh, uh, it's 100 is it? Did I, did I get 100 we Didn't We didn't play stump yesterday, so we're doing an automatic jackpot. Oh, it's a jackpot. Oh, goodness me, it's an Anzac Day jackpot on the day after Anzac Day. $100. Uh, right, 0800-150811. Brian is waiting on the phones. Uh, Logan will be the quiz master back in the chair. Uh, so we'll uh, entertain you after the news here on SENZ. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it's time to play Stumped here on SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Uh, Quizmaster Logan Swinkle's back in the chair after a couple of weeks away, so no doubt Brian took very good th- care of things along with uh, Ricardo and Louie. But Smithy, we're playing for $100 because, as we said earlier, didn't play Stumped yesterday because it was Anzac Day. Okay, fantastic. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, who have we got li- lined up first of all? First at the crease, we've got Troy from Whanganui. Come in, mate. G'day, how are you? Lived in, how long have you lived in Whanganui? Troy, was it uh, Whanganui when you were born there or Whanganui? Oh, I wasn't born there, but it was Whanganui when I first, uh, first got there, over, over 20 years there, so. <laughs> cool. What do you do, what do, you do there? Uh, work, work for a meat company. Yeah, they actually, actually okay. work, uh, work outside of Whanganui, but uh, still live there and, and uh, commute back and forth. Fantastic, actually. I'm uh, always uh, like hearing about uh, Wanganui as it was in my day in Whanganui. Uh, uh, did a bit of uh, growing up there, so to speak. Um, right, uh, Logan. Let's uh, tell uh, Troy what's uh, in line for him in terms of his options this morning. Well, we're playing for a hundred dollar TAB bonus bet, Troy. The categories to choose from today: a Major League Baseball, soccer, football, and golf. Take your pick. Ooh, uh, Troy. Go. All right, good luck. First question. Who is the current number one ranked women's golfer in the world? Uh, I'm picking this. It just changed from yesterday, so I'll go and tell quarter. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yep, correct, Smithy. Liddy Coe has uh, dropped from one to two. Missed the cut. Miss the cut. That's what happens when you miss the cut. So, uh, yeah, Lydia has to bounce back very quickly. So uh, Nelly caught a fine golfer from a great family. Question two. Question two for you, Troy. Daniel Hillier tied for 23rd on the DP World Tours Championship in Japan recently. Can you name the winner of that tournament? I'll give you a hint. They're an Aussie. Um... Lucas Herbert. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Did you need that clue? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I, I, I thought I caught a bit of it, but uh, yeah, the clue did help just uh, clear the mind up. Oh, Smithy. Yeah, he, he won in a playoff, actually. Um, so, yeah, well, it's not his first time winning either. He's a hell of a golfer, actually, Lucas Herbert, and um, see a lot more of him at uh, some point. Uh, question three for a hundred bucks, Troy. Good luck. All right, last question. The Mex- the Mexico Championship is next up on the PGA Tour. Can you name the course the tournament will be played on? Uh, Mexico Championship is that is that a concession? One of the worst things. I have ever seen done on a cricket field. I'm kind of really hoping I don't have to try and pronounce this, Smithy, but uh, I'll give you a shot. Okay, uh, I have got absolutely no idea. I saw it promoed the other day on um, on the Golf Channel, but I did take no notice. I just saw where it was. So uh, let's go for something a little bit zany here. Let's go for the Cantoon Country Club. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. I have spent a little bit of time in Mexico, so I'll try. Uh, Vendata Velata is... Oh, of course, yeah. Of course <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, $100 TAB bonus bet, uh, Troy, is going your way. Very good. Thanks, guys. Well done, Troy. You stay uh, stay on the line. Brian will confirm that uh, he's got everything hunky-dory so he can get that uh, that money to you as uh, soon as possible. Have a terrific day down there in Whanganui. Excellent. Cheers, Smithy. Cheers, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, 100 bucks. We'll be back to Fiddy, uh, a Fiddy tomorrow. Um, so uh, 11.39, coming up 11.40 here on SENZ. And uh, as uh, we always do on a Wednesday, uh, we catch up with uh, Andy Thompson because it is Rural Roundup Day. He's uh, on air between 12 and 1 uh, on all frequencies except for Auckland and Wellington. Uh, so uh, listeners... In those uh, uh, areas, uh, Auckland, Wellington can stay with uh, Staffy, of course. But Rural Roundup with Andy Thompson, and we shall uh, look at what's uh, on the agenda today very shortly. Bring your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yep, 11.45, it's uh, Wednesday, which means it's Rural Roundup Day, and uh, Andy Thompson has his show on uh, all of our frequencies, uh, barring uh, Auckland and Wellington. Uh, Andy, good uh, good morning to you. Um, uh, one of the industries that doesn't get as many mentions, um, when I listen anyway, um, is um, the deer industry. But I'm um, just looking at um, an article here that uh, South Korean demands through their health companies um, may just drive up the prices, which is good news. Mate, exactly right, yeah. Um, it is It is an industry that does fly under the radar a little bit, um, and uh, the old venison um, market is has been hammered a little bit by COVID, um, but the velvet component of it has been very, very strong. In fact, um, some of the reasons, obviously, is uh, it's a pharmaceutical and um, it does all sorts of things, apparently. Um, some of the claims of what Velvet can do is um, uh, interesting, would be one way to put it. But certain sectors of particularly Asia, um, South Korea, China, they very, very much rate the, um, the, pharma- you know, the, the Velvet for, um, for all sorts of things, really. But, um, yeah, and those prices are up. I think it was $123 million a year. $123 million last year was what, the, uh, what it was worth to the New Zealand economy. 
and that was up 25% from the previous year, and they're expecting another 5%, so that's 30% up in, um, in two years, so that's good. Okay, what's uh, on the agenda today, Andy? Um... Well, we've got uh, there's there's a lot going on in rural politics. I think you know, like we we talk about what's happening on farm, but but because agriculture is such a massive part of the New Zealand economy, you can't take politics out of agriculture. And you know, people often ask me, Smithy, why do we talk so much politics? Well, just because we have to, really. Um, hey, Walker Ekanoa is, and and the other one is climate change, emissions pricing. It's something that is still bubbling away. Literally, we thought we would have the answers by now. Uh, what the government was going to do they reported back late last year unfortunately it's been sitting and now we're you know we're towards the end of February nothing's happened uh, there's only a few more days in Parliament really until they start to get into the election campaign I can't see much happening but Federated Farmers have come out with a with a statement on what um, what their bottom lines are we're going to talk to Wayne Langford who is the uh, Vice President of Federated Farmers and another issue that's um, bubbling away also is the bobby calf issue uh, Smithy I'm not sure if you're aware of that but um, uh, Fonterra has come out with a new rule that there's no euthanising of bobby calves on on farm anymore unless it's for um, humane reasons. So there's now another 150 to 170 odd thousand bobby calves in the country which need to go to be processed at the works and there's not the capacity for that. Um, well, there, there will be massive backlogs. So farmers are really worried what they're going to do with these calves for two, three weeks, months not you know, not sure. So that's uh, that's a big issue. Um, Peter Nation from Field Days. Uh, we're going to get a bit of an update. Looking forward to that. The Royal Roundup's going to be going to that uh, in June, 14th, 15th, 16th, uh, and then also um, uh, Nick Hawkin from Bailey's. But something that happened over the last weekend was the New Zealand Ploughing Champs were held down in Milton, and uh, we're going to talk to Nigel Woodhead. Get the winners and the losers. Well, no losers. Everyone had a great time by the looks of it. But we'll get an update on what happened there. And of course, we will announce our rural hero of the week brought to us by our good friends at um, Overseer FM. Always a highlight Smithy, that's the show. Well that sounds good Andy, just um, um, going back to an earlier show where we talked about live exports, I think the date was end of April, is that correct or was it yep. uh, later on? No, the last ship's gone, Smithy. The last ship has sailed. National Party last week announced in their agricultural policy that they will restart it. Certainly caused uh, quite a lot of angst, actually, within the rural community. There's some people who are very for it and some people who are very against it. Um, yes, yeah, so the, the last ship has gone. I think there was 6,000 cows headed off. That is worth half a billion dollars to the New Zealand economy, the live exports. And that's also contributing to this bobby calf issue as well, because um, the bobby calves are obviously male. Um, when you've got this uh, sort of 150,000 extra heifer calves now that had been going over offshore, we've got to find somewhere for those animals to either be processed or to be kept. And there's some discussion that there's not actually enough land in New Zealand to deal with that stock. So this is legislation having unintended consequences in real time. Uh, and when you start to bring this sort of thing across, farmers are the ones left holding the baby, literally, um, and having to deal with it. So really interesting times. OK, Andy, we'll let you go. Uh, get ready for your show, which is in around... 10 minutes time here uh, on SENZ uh, particularly of those people in the rural areas uh, stay listening for Andy I can give you uh, an NBA update uh, 3.44 are remaining in the first quarter uh, Boston Celtics um, are leading um, Atlanta 
by uh, 22 to 21. So very tight game, the Atlantic Hawks. Uh, so we'll keep uh, an eye on those scores uh, throughout the afternoon. Staffy will as well, no doubt. And we'll talk to him very shortly, actually, about his show coming up.